Hey there, all you guys and gals. You have cats, cool kittens, you diesel-powered disciples of cool. This is the Diesel Powered Podcast, the official voice of Diesel Punk on iTunes, Stitcher, and around the internet. I am your host, John Pica, also known as Big Daddy Cool Johnny Della Rocca, swinging solid from the Houdini room at the Casa de Cool. And the whole gang is here with me. We've got Larry Amyet from Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, everybody. We've got Daisy O'Dare from Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, hello, hello. And we've got John Wofford from Little Rock, Arkansas. Hey. And guys, today is International Diesel Punk Day. Woohoo! Now, Larry, we've had... Quite a few people ask today, and I kind of got tired of typing it over and over. You'll see I tagged you in one post that said, hey, Larry, this is your time to shine. So <laughs> for all of our listeners who are unfamiliar with International Diesel Punk Day, why don't you give us a brief history and rundown and kind of background on on the day. And I'm going to ask all of our other co-hosts, I'm going to do this. Go ahead and mute your microphones so that Larry has has complete attention of the room. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Johnny. Well, International Pizza Punk Day started uh, as memory serves back in 2012. I and several others were uh, just chit-chatting online and, and someone made a reference to, you know, we really need to have something cool to celebrate, uh, you know, diesel punk. And so it was a, yeah, maybe an international day. Well, we just kind of kicked around the idea, talked about it, and said, let's try this. So we came up with the idea of an international diesel punk day. And when we surveyed diesel punks on the various forms, especially dieselpunks.org, Asking, well, what day should we set? We had different ideas. Uh, some people said the birth date of uh, Diesel himself. But the consensus ended up being November 12th, the day after the armistice was signed that ended World War One. Since universally we agreed that the 20s and the period after World War One starts the diesel era. And that started International Diesel Punk Day. And we've had it uh, on this date ever since. Outstanding. So, That's the story. besides recording tonight's episode, what have you guys done to celebrate International Diesel Punk Day? Or what are you going to do when we go off air? Go ahead, Larry. Oh, well, um... What I'm doing today? Well, um, right now I'm kicking back with you guys, and tonight probably kick back and maybe watch a classic uh, diesel punk movie. Movie, maybe Indiana Jones comes to mind. Red just lost on. Excellent, Mr. Wofford. Well, I've been uh, working today, and at work I've been listening to a new album all day by Ron Sunshine. It's his sixth album, Bring It Home. A 14-track masterpiece, in my opinion. The album is a soulful rhythm and blues jazzy vintage blend with a modern sensibility. 
For those who'd like to know more about Mr. Sunshine, he's been playing a 40s-like combination of jump blues, jive, and swing since before the swing revival of the 90s, and has recorded with Dr. John, Charles Brown, Tower of Power, Blues Traveler, and many others. Ron Sunshine's new album, Bring It Home, will be out November 20th and will only be available from rondettejazz.com and Amazon for now. And if you like, if you're like me, you're going to bring home, not only bring it home, but the rest of Mr. Sunshine's albums as well. And tonight I will probably relax with a Cubra Libre. Cubra Libre. What is that? It's uh, rum and Coke with lime juice. Ah, a little bit of that, uh, adult beverage action going on there. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. Daisy, what are you doing to celebrate International Diesel Punk Day? Well, like Mr. Wofford, I was working, so uh, a lot of my uh, diesel punk music, diesel punk today was in the form of music. I was listening to some uh, electro swing while I was working out because it's uh, great to get the blood pumping. Outstanding. Well, I did a little bit of uh, all of the same that you guys did. Um, I popped in a new record, that a new album, a new CD that I got from um, an artist named Vortec. He's uh, a, an electro swing DJ and um, composer out of Chicago. He was here in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, um, and I performed with him, and uh, he gave me a copy of his new record called the Jazz and Iron Age, and uh, it's all really cool uh, dance electro swing, and he does an awesome cover, an awesome electro swing cover of the song from Labyrinth, the, the David Bowie song, Dance Magic Dance. You ought to see how big my eyes just got. I got to hear that. Well, he's given us permission to play any of the tracks on the show, and uh, I'm going to try and get him on to do a uh, to do an interview. So, um, Wofford, I'm going to be sending you um, sending you a copy of this so that we can uh, start incorporating it. It's it's a great record too. So, uh, the album you listened to today, Wofford, this one, we're, we've got all kinds of new music to start sharing with our audience, and uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, and then I picked up a bunch of new books today, and I just posted them. Um, I got, I, I I got the the Rocketeer Jetpack Adventures um, Prose Collection from IDW. I cannot wait to dive into this thing. I love the Rocketeer. And I love short stories, and this is going to be fantastic. So that's what I'm going to do after the show tonight. Anybody else? Anybody else excited? Hey, I'm always excited about anything you can talk I'm excited, too. I, uh, I went to um, Hot Springs, Arkansas a couple weekends ago, and I got to tour the Gangster Museum there, and while I was there... To get myself and my friend in that diesel punk frame of mind, I showed her a Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, too. And uh, that is a great city for diesel era history because it has such a colorful background. Hot Springs? 
it's still colorful today. Oh yeah, yeah, it still is, and it's a and that's a shame that I missed you, Mr. Walford. I know you said we could have met up, but uh, fate was not in our corner that time. And we're gonna have to get you down here, uh, to back to Hot Springs, to see Maxwell Blade perform in his theater and visit the Oddity Museum. Yeah, like I said, I gotta see that too. Well, let's work on a let's work on a group trip. Speaking of group trips we got a big one coming up in just three weeks you guys Ooh, buddy. three weeks i think it snuck up on me i mean we have been talking about this for months and of course i'm talking about geekonomicon and um we are we we have been contracted or partnered with rather uh geekonomicon to provide their diesel punk programming and what that means is that for the first time, a major pop culture con is doing a dedicated diesel punk programming track. Now, there have been other cons that have done diesel punk programming, like Octopodicon and uh, Anacrocon and, and whatnot. But this is, but those are, you know, very much genre punk niche cons this is a full-on general in interest pop culture con and the fact that they've chosen to do a um a diesel punk programming track is is pretty spectacular and we're in charge wow this is exciting yeah so i thought it might be kind of fun to talk a little bit about some of the panels that we're going to be doing there, some of the workshops, and uh, I'm trying to bring this up right now. And of course, the uh, recorder isn't the only thing with uh, Gremlins tonight. My uh, iPad is is having having conniptions as well. But we'll bring this up. So first of all, Friday night, Big Daddy Cool and the Bombshell Kittens will be performing. Our uh, Magic Cabaret show, along with guest performers Daisy O'Dare and the amazing Mr. Wofford. Oh, golly gosh. Yeah, you, you got a ukulele tune ready, Daisy? I got a couple. What I'm going to have to do is record them and uh, maybe uh, send them to you and uh, get a little feedback, see what you think. All right. Yeah, that's fine. You could do both. I'm do flexible. Both. What do you mean do both? You said a couple. Oh, well, yeah. You told me two songs, so um, I got to narrow it down, you see. Ah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I got a lot of them I like. And, and joining us that evening is going to be the one, the only, the myth, the legend, Miss Ava Dahl. Wow. Fantastic. She is making the trip down with us. She is going to be performing a, uh, a couple of burlesque numbers that she is putting together specifically, specifically for Geekonomicon. And um, so that'll be, that'll be awesome. And uh, we're doing that Friday night. And then Saturday night, Big Daddy Cool and the Bombshell Kittens are going to host the cosplay contest and then do um, our uh, Tales from the Flipside live performance. Wow. 
Yeah. F- along with either before or after, I've not, I'm not really clear yet because they've not published the final schedule, but we'll be either performing before or after Voltaire. So you got the cosplay contest, you got Big Daddy Cool and the Bombshell Kittens, you got Voltaire. What an amazing night of entertainment that Saturday night is going to be. That Friday night, there's a USO dance. And then our Magic Cabaret, again, it's going to be amazing. Saturday morning at 9 o'clock is, is, the, uh, is the target time. We are going to set the world record for the most diesel punks in one room. And we decided to do it early in the morning so that people who are wanting to be part of the cosplay contest can come, do the record, and then go change or get ready for the cosplay contest because prejudging starts early uh, mid-morning. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Now, here's the bad news, guys. <sighs> Guinness World's Records rejected the application to make it an official world record. No, man. They they did give a reason. They said it was too specific. At least they didn't say obscure. No, they said it was too specific. But here's here's what really kind of grinds my gears on this. And, you know, I was was really outraged about this at first. Now I'm kind of... I don't know. I, I think something still needs to be done. Geekonomicon paid $700 in advance to fast track the application. Yeah. And then Guinness rejected the application and they don't, they won't refund that $700 application fee. Did they tell them up front that if they did, they would get it back? You know, I'm not sure. I, I think so, and that's why I'm kind of like, I, I, you know, I don't know, but something seems wrong about that to me. And, you know, at first I was like, hey, everybody who listens to this show ought to go to Guinness, email them, and, and demand that they refund the money to Geekonomicon. Look, $700 isn't a lot of money but for a con, but it's airfare for a guest, or it's a couple of hotel rooms. Yeah. You know, it, it makes a difference. So instead of demanding, here's what I would like for our listeners to do. I think we should um, contact Guinness, and we should let them know that we feel like they should refund that money to help the con. And I think if enough of us make that request, we, we might be able to move the needle. So if you're listening to this and you'd like to help out in the effort, go to the Guinness Book of World Records website or their Facebook page. You know, Click Contact Us. And just send them a note. Let them know that that you think they need to refund the $700 for the Geekonomicon Diesel Punk in One Room Fast Track. I'm I'm just sort of curious. They say that it's the greatest number of diesel punks in one room or one area at one time is too specific. But they have a record for people, the greatest number of people in a banana costume. Hey, you're you're preaching to the choir. This is what I'm saying. This is why, and and maybe 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 our campaign should be to get them to accept it as yeah, not. But it should be not a refund. We should all email them and tell them that we want to set the record and it's not too specific, and we should go to their website and look up some precedents to quote like the banana costumes. Let's do it. Listen, we're averaging five thousand downloads 
per episode on, on the podcast right now. Let's make sure everyone listening, do what Wofford just said. Go to the website, go to the Facebook page, and request that they accept the application. That's what we'll do. And and everyone listening, don't just stop there. Share this episode, share the campaign, and over the next five to ten days, let's just inundate Guinness and get them to accept the application. That's what we need to do. Thank you, Wofford. We'll, we'll hit on that again in a little bit. All right, so here's some of the things we're going to be doing at Geekonomicon. Here's some of our panels. Uh, Diesel Punk 101. This is my panel. It's a performance panel. I've done it at GMX and at uh, Indie PopCon and uh, did it at uh, Fandom Fest in Louisville. It's a performance piece. Uh, it's a performance panel. I'll go through, you know, the basic tenets of Diesel Punk, but I demonstrate it with some performance pieces. So it's very cool, including my World Championship Mac the Knife Music and Magic Routine. We're going to do Steampunk versus Diesel Punk. This is all of us together and maybe a few people from the New Orleans Steampunk uh, group. We'll, we'll see if they'll want to join us, but... Certainly, we've got Daisy and Wofford, you know, who are active in the steampunk community. Uh, Larry, you've been in the steampunk community. Um, but uh, we're going to just talk about the the differences and, and maybe debate, probably not so much, but discuss the differences and similarities of steampunk and dieselpunk. It's a very interactive uh, traditional panel, so questions from the audience and whatnot. And uh, we'll be recording that to be published as an episode of the show. Um, Diesel Punk and Pop Culture, basically what we do uh, on the show here. We're going to talk about uh, where people can find Diesel Punk out in pop culture, in movies, music, books, and whatnot. Um, and it's also going to seek to answer the question, once and for all, is Star Wars good Diesel Punk? Hey, now. I'm oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed to answer the question. Tommy Hancock and I are going to do the uh, Diesel Punk Showdown. He, uh, you know, the, the whole thing started with him asserting that Indiana Jones is not Diesel Punk, that it's just pulp. That's, that's bizarre. That's bizarre. Now, here's what's interesting. This, we, we've done this showdown twice now, and, and it's morphed a little bit. And he actually now makes the assertion that diesel punk doesn't even really exist as a genre. But it does. He's even been accepted by Wicked. Come on, and they have high standards. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so we'll be doing that. History of diesel punk. This is you, Professor, Boss Larry. You get to do your in-depth diesel punk discussion exploring the origins and history of diesel punk as both a historian and as the creator of the diesel punk encyclopedia in-depth stunning coverage of the genre that you love and have a passion for i look forward to it wofford is going to do history of alcohol i heard i heard wofford that this was a huge hit when you did it um, at SoonerCon. 
It was, but I also did give out samples and demonstrate mixing a drink. So, well, yeah. plan to do that. Oh, it's good. I saw him do this at Octopodicon. Yeah, so this is going to be a late night for adults only, um, but that's going to be awesome. We're going to do a panel on costuming for steampunk and diesel punk. A lot of people don't know this. I spent four years in the costume shop at Eastern Kentucky University uh, when I was a theater and music major and directing minor. Um, and so all of us, plus Ava Dahl, will be talking about costuming. But we'll be joined by Dee Volpe and Nan Nancy Arch of Cosplay Collective. And, um, you know, they, they're going to be talking about found object costuming. We'll be talking about making props, networking with other designers and cosplayers. And then, of course, we will do the Diesel Powered Podcast live show. I, I'm almost positive this is going to be on the main stage with a live audience Unlike, you know, how we've done it normally on the convention floor, this will actually be a set programmed time for us to uh, to do the show. So that's a lot of stuff over three days. But we're going to have a ball. Yep. Questions, comments, concerns? I, I volunteer to help out at Wofford's alcohol panel because that sounds like a blast. I mean, I'm going to be at just about all these panels anyway, but I'm really interested in that one. I'll also have some handouts, as like I did last time. I'll have a, a sheet of diesel punk uh, themed drinks, diesel era drinks, steampunk themed drinks, and Can a page just on the martini itself. So I can remember you. That's awesome. Well, I cannot wait for these panels because um, this will be my first time really being active. At a con. I mean, you know, I've done one or two panels here and there, but most of the time when I've been working at a con, I've been sitting at the table. So this is going to be a this is going to be a new gig for me, and I think I'm going to like it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'll, uh, of course, at our booth we have two tables on the vendor floor. So um, bring any wares or goodies that you want to sell. Um, I'll have my books on hand. Uh, maybe some original prints if I can finish a couple of new ones. Um, so Wofford, bring anything that you have that you might want to uh, earn some extra shekels with. I'll have some of my leather crafts and some wrap flasks. Awesome, awesome. So um, that that table is for us. So so bring your wares. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. You guys can. Get tickets and find out more at geekonomicon.com. Geekonomicon.com. And um, there's even more stuff there that's pretty awesome. And the one thing I neglected to uh, mention altogether is that Boss Larry Amyet is the Diesel Punk Guest of Honor. I, I'm really honored by that. That blows my mind. Well, Larry, you don't talk about it enough, but um, the diesel punk community recognizes you as one of the founding fathers of our genre, along with Audens and Pycraft and Anders Blix and Tom Wilson uh, and Lord K. You guys are the guys, and and you created the diesel punk encyclopedia and really helped uh, 
create content for Gatehouse Gazette and dieselpunks.org and all other kinds of publications. I, I, I say this, and, and I'm not blowing smoke, without Larry Amiet and Tom Wilson, I don't think there would be a diesel punk community today. I appreciate that. And, uh, well, everybody knows I just love the genre, and I do everything I can. And speaking of Tom Wilson and dieselpunks.org, Tom is uh, putting his support behind Geekonomicon. Um, there are going to be some articles being published there and at uh, Fedora Chronicles over the next couple of weeks um, about the show. And last I talked to Tome, he was still debating on whether he was going to make it in person or not. But something he uh, said in an email or a post on Facebook the other day makes me think that maybe, maybe he is going to make an appearance after all. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. So uh, Geekonomicon, check it out at geekonomicon.com. So let's see, guys. We've talked about International Diesel Punk Day, how we're celebrating or have celebrated. We've talked about Geekonomicon coming up. And one of the other topics, Larry, that I mentioned that I wanted to bring up, because it's been a while since we've talked about this. As a matter of fact, I don't think we've really addressed it since our first season when when we had Tome Wilson on as a guest. And it's recently come back up um, through my Facebook feed and through some of my friends doing cosplay. And, and that's talking about the connection and, and the presence of Nazis in diesel era history diesel punk cosplay and the diesel punk community and aesthetic overall. Now, as we go into this discussion, let me just state for the record, and I think I speak for every one of us, that the Diesel Powered Podcast and myself do not endorse or support Adolf Hitler, the Nazi regime, neo-Nazis, skinheads, or Nazi fetishes? Um, skinheads are actually separate from the neo-Nazis. There are neo-Nazi skinheads, but the skinheads actually started out and are at core a peaceful movement. Okay, well... And let's separate Nazi fetishes from all this, too. I think they're basically uh, different. Go ahead. Okay, well, I, I'm just... I'm covering all bases here. Um, so no one can misinterpret me when I say we do not endorse or support Nazis or Nazism. Can everyone agree? I agree. I do not support Nazis or Nazisms or neo-Nazis. All right. That's probably the easiest thing I've had to agree to. <laughs> that being said, Larry, you and I have always agreed on this, that diesel punks and part of the diesel punk culture and community is that we do not ignore the dark periods of our era. And so we have to acknowledge the, the presence and the influence of Nazi Germany on the diesel era. And I have stated, and I think you agree with me, that when someone cosplays as a Nazi, because there are Nazi cosplayers out there, we see them at the cons, that um, 
I'm okay with it as long as they are portraying that character as a villain. Now, some of you guys may have a different feeling on that, but that's that's my opinion. And what brought this up was that I... Go, go ahead, Larry. No, 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 no. I thought you were... Go ahead. What, what brings this up is that I have a, a couple of friends um, who have created a a couple of characters from the fictional land of Oppressia and the, the rulers of Oppressia have a very distinctive Nazi illusion that, you know, stylistically in the clothing and the, the military style. And that's intentional. They want to, to make people think of and, and remind them of the Nazis, hence the the country Oppressia, and their entire point is that they are villains and they rule a tyrannical uh, land, a tyrannical government over this country, but they are not Nazis. They have Nazi influence and and you know intentionally want to to create that that sense and that connection but they are not actual nazis there's no swastikas there's no nazi insignias it's that hugo boss styling of the the military uniforms and let's face it guys the nazis were evil bastards but they knew how to dress they had amazing style and you know i can't fault someone for wanting to incorporate those styles into their cosplay. So I thought it would be interesting to get some of your feedback, um, Larry, Wofford, and Daisy, on what is and what is not appropriate for a diesel punk cosplayer when it comes to using Nazi styles or alluding to Nazi styles or, or culture. Well, uh, go ahead, Daisy. Lead us off. Hear what you have to say. People hear me all the time. Well, you, I just think honestly that is too hot a button. That is such a hot button that you definitely you don't want to be using the obviously Nazi symbols. And if you're gonna do that cosplay, you just have to be prepared for that pushback because that's such a hot button. Because I had even I might even have a little reaction, you know, if I saw somebody in a very, um, in a cosplay that was obviously alluding to the Nazi, I might have a little reaction. I might not say anything, but you do have to be prepared that you might get some feedback on that. And it's, it's not going to be, you know, positive. Well, you have to prepare yourself for that. And you have to understand that you're not going to, you're going to get some negative reactions if you do that. Well, you remember at MidSouthCon, um, we met uh, the cosplayer who does the Warhammer cosplay character. Warhammer 40 Millennium. Uh, yeah. And they're heavily influenced in the same style as the Nazis. Um, the Gundam series, some of the villains are. There are several animes. Even Starship Troopers was a lot of the higher-ups and how they dress were inspired by the Nazis. Absolutely. That's why that movie is on my list of diesel punk movies. 
And I myself have seen several cosplayers play influenced uh, styles. And to me, that's fine. I've actually seen one person who dressed as a Nazi and wore a swastika at a convention. And we all gave them a little bit of a berth. Um, they seemed friendly enough, and I talked to them when they wanted to talk to them. But I personally am not comfortable standing right there with a Nazi. Um, <laughs> if you want to cosplay as a Nazi. <laughs> that was funny the way you said that. <laughs> um, if, if you want to cosplay a Nazi, I think you should have a real good reason. Um, like when Iron Sky went to several conventions dressed as Nazis, they were advertising their film. If you have a film project or short film and they had Nazis in it, I could see you advertising that. If you are cosplaying, say, a specific character from The Man in the High Castle, I could see that. But please, no Hitlers. Well, or Red Skull from the comic book, uh, which was much more of a classic Nazi. He had the swastika on his arm, uh, as opposed to Red Skull from uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, where they kind of rewrote uh, the character. Uh, you know, Daisy, good, good comment. I think that's very important, something you said. I can't imagine wearing a Nazi uniform and then, well, what if you run across a Holocaust survivor? What are you going to say? I'm just playing. Uh, do you want to be the person that causes that kind of that, that, that pain for that individual? There's a lot of evil characters in, uh, well, you Several good ones have been given out here that you could do without crossing that line um, of uh, looks seeming like a uh, neo-Nazi. I do think it draws lines. Um, I don't approve of it. Uh, there's a, I saw someone said that they always, when they go to conventions, they always they have like a drinking game waiting to see who's the first Nazi that they see, Nazi dress individual, not the uniform that they see at a cosplay. I think we run risk of attracting the very people that we want to learn to try to avoid in the future. Um, Diesel Punk wants some of his power is that we learn from the past because we don't shy away from it. And uh, I think we run the risk of losing that if we let some individuals become associated with our genre. Well, and look, I, I agree with all of you that if someone shows up with a swastika on and is actually doing a real deal, true blue Nazi, that that's a problem. And, and I don't want to be associated with that. And I, I'm not going to be comfortable around that person. I'm talking about just drawing stylistic influences from is, is getting criticized, you know, and for me, I'm like, how is it different to create a fictional character, you know, in the drawing from the stylistic inspiration? How is it different to do that as opposed to cosplaying as the Red Skull, who you know, was the leader of Hydra, but it was an offshoot of Hitler's Nazi Germany. And clearly all of the costume, all of the style, it's that Hugo Boss, very stylistic, very cool uh, aesthetic. So is it appropriate to cosplay as the Red Skull? Uh, 
Well, if it's a fictional character, you know, I think most people are going to get that. Yeah. And it's clearly evil. I mean, that, that's the whole the appearance. I mean, you go putting on that horrible mask, that face, which is not a mask in the comics. Uh, you put that face on with that uniform, I think people are going to say, okay, yeah, this is not supposed to be a good guy. He's not advocating uh, this cause. He's playing a baddie. He's playing the uh, uh, comic book equivalent of Darth Vader. Um, and uh, so... I don't see that as, as opposed to those who wear historically accurate um, Nazi uniform. Then it starts to get, no, they, they may come back and say, well, we're not advocating fascism. We're just historical reenactors. You don't see that much historical reenactment at cosplays. Uh, most uh, so why are they trying so hard to be historically accurate? Yeah, now there is an entire community of World War II reenactors like uh-huh. like Civil War reenactors, and there are reenactors who, you know, take the Nazi side and reenactors who take the Allied side. Um, <clears throat> and and you see those. And I have some friends that are into that. I'm not personally into that. I, I wouldn't enjoy doing that on either side. But um you know that that exists. I don't know why anyone would want to reenact Nazi Germany, to be honest with you. But uh, and I'm not even talking about standalone cosplayers. I'm talking about a couple who are part of a group of fictional characters that are creating storylines around these characters, and these two characters are the villains of the story. So you know, <laughs> I just I find it amazing that someone actually said to them that. You know, it was sickening and inappropriate to to play a villain, like almost like being in a play. I'm like, so are we going to tell actors and actresses that they can't play villains or play characters that are offensive? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think you can, I think you said that rhetorically. Uh, from the standpoint of Diesel Punk and cosplay, I'm not so. In fact. I think this goes beyond that. There has been some concern. There was a site for a while there that was titled uh, Diesel Punk Nazi. Yeah, and yeah, and I think I think we actually were halfway responsible for getting them shut down. Yeah, us and uh, DieselPunk.org shut yeah. down on the full piece. Um, the community there. Uh, so, but that I know the point. The point was, and you see it. Uh, diesel punk art, which is military uh, art of fantasy technology, uh, and you know of World War II on the German side, uh, German mecha, uh, German UFO, uh, stuff like that. The and, Rocket Men. Right, uh, exactly, and uh, that's what it was for. But the use of the terminology and the implications it had that that feel that feel to it uh that uncomfortable feel and i think there was a lot of it uh they could have did it differently they could have done they could have expanded it to diesel punk world war ii something like that and included both ally and them mm, that would have been interesting um but they did and i think that it. Um, I think if you're going to do cosplay, you gave some great examples. 
Redstone's a great one. There's also that, and I can't think of the character's name, in Hellboy, the assassin. I've seen several of them at college play. Yeah, um, um, golly, I can't I, remember his name you know either. Who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, he, I've seen several that look really good. There's no doubt that he's a bad guy. That the, you know, this person's wearing a costume. That's the key. It's a costume. And uh, I think when it gets beyond when it gets beyond costuming, at cosplay, you're right, is the actors and those are cool. Uh, but at a cosplay. When everybody else is wearing anime and Pikachu costumes and stuff like that, and you're wearing a historically accurate Nazi uniform, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But the other point that I've made in, in recent days is that if you're going to be a villain from the Diesel era, if you're going to be a Diesel Punk villain, I, I mean... The Nazis are kind of it. I mean, they are the villains of the Diesel era. The villains of the 20th century. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The the big villains. Yeah. You could also have your, you could have your bad corrupt gangster types, but uh, or your corrupt, you know. Hey, 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 do, hey, hey! Don't be dissing. Hey, hey, the, hey, don't hey, be hey. dissing the the family there. Hey, or you could go with I know the Stalin, family I just guess. as well as you. Like I said, those who go after him can be bad guys too. I guess you somebody could go with Stalin. That would be a goodie. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm partial to to Russian diesel punk if it's the military stuff, but right. So, but yeah, I think Stacey's right in what she's saying, and uh, so uh, they they were the baddies, and they were the big baddies, and you're right. I think the caution has to be. Used because, you know, you know, hit, yeah, okay, Hitler's dead, but sometimes you have to, it's like a vampire, sometimes you have to hit, you know, take that stake and knock it in a few more times. Speaking Put of Nazis and vampires, mm -hmm. Tales from the Flip Side is available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and iTunes and Audible. Just that saying. That was smooth. That was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was good, man. Oh, uh, it's what I do. It's what I do. For those of you who are just tuning in and you don't know, I wrote a book called Tales from the Flipside. It is a diesel punk pulp adventure novel published by Pro Se Productions and uh, getting great reviews. I'm really. Vampires. What's that? And it has Nazi vampires. That's right, it does. And that is just the tip of the great big iceberg that is all the stuff that happens in it. Well, you know what's really funny is the, the, the middle part of the book, um, The Phantom's Tale, is actually the first thing that I wrote. Um, that was the original pitch. And um, Pro Se wanted a little bit more Big Daddy Cool's world. And so we, you know, we expanded it. But... Uh, um, you know, that, that was where it started. The whole idea was Nazi vampires because, you know, I I don't know about you guys. I don't find zombies intriguing or frightening at all. And, and you know, we were in, at the beginning of the whole zombie um, phenomenon. Twilight was still popular when I had this idea. And I was like, why hasn't anyone done, you know, Nazi vampires 
I mean, if there's any combination that it might be the most horrifying, evil, bad guy, that's got to be it. So I, I think I think I was the first to the table with that. So I could be wrong, but I, I still haven't seen anybody else do it. They've done Nazi zombies a lot, but not zo- Nazi vampires. And I think that was the logical one. If you read the novel Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter... Oh, yeah, yeah, you told me about this the first day we talked on the phone, Larry, yeah. At the very, in the very end, it's kind of the, uh, at the conclusion, after the end, at the end of the book where it talks about what happened. Uh, the, the basic storyline is that the South is actually uh, governed by vampires, and the whole goal of the slave trade was to provide and the plantation owners, many of them were vampires. And, and they uh, escaped to Germany or to Europe. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Ultimately, then, they uh, so they set up the Confederacy in an attempt to keep their slaves. And the next government that they ultimately took over was Germany. And they were the Nazis. Yeah, they, that's a great book, by the way. It is a very good book. And uh, I thought that was very ingenious. Like, ooh, that works. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a decent movie too, but it's a much better book. The the book is phenomenal, but the movie's fun to watch. It's okay. a good popcorn movie. Um, so hey, we got one more thing, Larry, that I want you to talk about because we're gonna delve into a political connection to the diesel era. But before we do that, Daisy, you wanted to tease something for Geekonomicon. Something did I? Well, you know, it's starting to get to be that most wonderful time of the year, and you're already starting to see it in the stores. You're already starting to hear the music. They won't even give Thanksgiving a chance. We've been seeing it since September. Well, it's because Thanksgiving is a made-up holiday. It's not real. Well. Um, <laughs> Nobody commented on that one. Hey, any any excuse to eat some tasty food, you know, I'll 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 deal with it. But um, if you are looking for some music that has a certain uh, diesel-friendly element to it and fits in right with the holidays, Mr. B, the gentleman rhymer, one of the one of the many chap hop artists, which I've mentioned briefly on this show, is coming out with a holiday-themed album. And I think you can find it on Bandcamp. But uh, I'm going to be talking about that more at Geekonomicon. Yeah, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll actually preview some tracks at Geekonomicon as part of our live show. How about that? Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, they've got one with a title that I think uh, you're really going to like, Johnny. Oh, yeah? What's that? Track is called "All I Want for Christmas Is an Original Jawa with Vinyl Cape." <laughs> I have one. <laughs> I Mr. have. Mr. Vinny wants one. I have one with the vinyl cape and with the cloth robe. Um, <laughs> make Mr. B's Christmas dream come true. I am not surprised that you have it, brother. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I actually have the the Star Wars early bird special that um, is sought by collectors worldwide. 
I uh, got the figures before I even knew what the movie was. And um, I still have them in mint condition. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And we're like 30 days away from Star Wars The Force Awakens. For me, it's good diesel punk, especially with the new overtones from the bad guys in this one, the new order. It's not just the resurrected empire and guys in the trailer, we talk about diesel punk and pop culture in the trailers. When you're seeing that new order rally and the banners flying, it looks like something right out of Nazi Germany. Again, art alluding to something from history and from diesel history in this case. Anyway, that's just an aside. Larry, um, you wanted to share one piece of diesel era history that is relevant to current politics. And it well, shows how to, uh, how diesel punk applies understanding. Mm -hmm. What? I'm just <laughs> reading your notes. I don't know. Read my notes. Okay. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, well, right now, one of the big topics in the presidential election is the issue of immigration. And I'm not going to go into politics here. This is really not a place for politics. But one of the candidates has proposed supporting all uh, undocumented aliens from the U.S. So rounding them all up, and that would add up to roughly 11 million individuals, immigrants, along with their uh, U.S.-born children. And before you say, wow, that we've, well, we've actually done something similar to that in the past. During the 1930s and into the 1940s, there was a program, active program by the U.S. government, that, and it uh, deported or expelled up to 2 million uh, Mexican nationals and U.S. citizens of Mexican descent. Uh, it, they really didn't differentiate. Uh, between whether or not uh, the Hispanic was, well, one, it was even Mexican. Uh, many of them were not even a resident uh, nationals of Mexico. They were simply Latin American. Or whether or not they were actually U.S. citizens who helped, happened to be Mexican American. Uh, if you want to read more about this uh, current, I recommend the book Decade of Betrayal. Mexican Repatriation in the 1930s, written by Francisco Valderrama, I believe his name, how the name is pronounced. It's very intriguing. It, you know, we always talk about one of the things we can learn about today is by looking at the diesel era, which, you know, which I say is roughly the 20s, 30s, and 40s, give or take a little bit. And so this is directly applicable to some of today's uh, politics that's going on. I wanted to bring that up. Wow, everything old is new again, right? Yes, sir. Very, very cool. Well, uh, before we leave our audience, any last words, Mr. Wofford? I just want to remind everyone that Ron Sunshine's new album will be releasing November 20th. And will be available at rondettejazz.com, which is spelled R-O-N-D-E-T-T-E 
jazz.com and Amazon. And we'll be uh, closing with the track One Link of Chain from his new album. Excellent. Mr. Wofford, any last words? I think those were. I think those were his. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm looking at an awesome piece of diesel punk artwork right now, and um, I forgot where we were. Again, we don't script this show, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Amyet, your last words. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's always fun. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. I hope as many people as possible can make it to uh, Eagles Comic Con. I really look forward to meeting our fans. It's going to be so much fun. And, uh, you know, some individuals are right now are having some bad weather. But make sure you check up on each other. Bring those animals in, folks. Because if you don't want to be out there in the snow and the wind and the cold, uh, they don't either. Uh, so bring in the animals and uh, take care of each other. This is what life is all about. Outstanding. And as always, I'll uh, sign off by reminding you to visit our sponsors, audible.com. Check them out at audibletrial.com slash dieselpoweredpodcast. Get a free audio book on us. Choose from a, uh, over 100,000 different titles. Uh, check out our uh, live show sound reinforcement sponsor from Empower Sound. They provide the amazing amp for all of our live show and live appearances and uh, we'll have the amazing amp with us at Geekonomicon, so you can check it out in action for yourself at amazingamp.com. And um, I'll just sign off here by uh, reminding everyone that we are at that time of the year where it's time to start funding the Diesel Powered Podcast for the next year. So uh, visit our sponsors, check them out. That helps us. But if you'd like to make a donation to keep the Diesel Powered Podcast running smoothly, keep the lights on, and help us pay for some broadcast time. We sure would appreciate the donations. You can donate at dieselpoweredpodcast.com. Just click the Donate Now button and um, contribute to the cause. We sure would appreciate it. Well, until the next time, swing hard, swing often, and we'll catch you on the flip side. One leg of chain can't rattle alone. When I leave you high and dry, won't nobody hear you moan and cry. One leg of chain, one leg of chain can't rattle alone. I'm leaving here, leaving now, won't say a word. Sound of one hand clapping Free at last, I'm free
just myself to give a talking to Wish I were back home fussing with you One link of chain, one link of chain Can't rattle alone Thank you. 